Welcome back to another episode of the Hustler Squad podcast. Myself and Tom sat down with our fifth external guest, Danny Page, on the 22nd of September to basically discuss staking and how gamblers always lose and why they always lose. Danny is a long-term profitable punter on the NBA. You can get track of him at dannybets.com. We chatted very heavily about the same kind of patterns that Danny sees across his Facebook groups and his service as to why gamblers always lose in the long term. He speaks, interestingly enough, about a weird theory that he has as to why gamblers do lose, and you have to listen to the whole thing to listen to what that is. And he also tells us about his experience living in Colombia in the last 12 months. It's a very interesting podcast. Once again, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so via the Instagram. All the relevant links will be in the description on either Spotify or YouTube. And also, I'd recommend checking out the new, the systemoz.com.au website. It's been an absolute killer and it's taken the boys over 12 months to create. Enjoy and hope you get something out of this one. Welcome back to another episode of the Hustler Squad podcast. We've got Tom, as you know, from the system, and we've got today Danny Page, our fifth guest on the podcast. Welcome on board, mate. Thank you very much. Um, straight off the bat, we'll basically just ask who you are, what you've done, history of whatever you've done in your life, including punting. So floor's yours. Go for it. Uh, yeah, sure. So, well, yeah, Danny from uh, dannybets.com and um, was with Black Swan Bets for, for a while as well. And essentially, I'm an NBA better. Um, and like long-term profitable NBA better. Um, and yeah, that kind of came about through a history of working in basketball and like coaching and what is now the NBL one and, uh, some like juniors and internationals in New Zealand and that kind of thing, but always really deep into statistics. Yeah. So from a young age into statistics, got into poker in high school, that kind of taught value. Yeah. And then it all came together. Interest in basketball, interest in poker became sports betting. And yeah. So originally from New Zealand? Originally from New Zealand. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that just kind of iterated into NBA betting and then every year just trying to get better and better and then yeah, all okay. sports and systemizing and then, yeah, when I worked at a tech company, yeah, learned how to do, I guess, a lot more data analysis and little kind of automation tricks and the systems got better and better and so the last three years have been pretty, probably the best kind of system I've been using ever yeah. um, and that's what's happening at the moment. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I mean, when you start getting so interrupted, when you start getting better at what you do, you can add like little changes here and there and suddenly it makes bigger because um, obviously diminishing returns, like when someone starts achieving something at a high level, it's very hard to make drastic improvements versus someone starting from scratch. So yeah, you got to find little things here and there and it sounds like you're combining a lot of different things from everywhere. Money management, staking, which we'll talk about later with like poker and like you said, value. So awesome. When you started, um, when you started punting, were you profitable at the start, or you start like everyone else, and you, you know, you just started for a bit of fun, started losing, and then did you decide to take it more seriously? Like, how did it start? Because that's obviously myself and JB used to gamble, and you know, it didn't click for a while. This is stupid. We're not going to make money. So, what about how did it work for yourself? Like, I, I was okay at sports betting, but it was like there was always ways of like going bust. So I was like, felt like eight percent of the time, like this is going really well. And then would like go bust, whether it was branching out into sports or getting the staking wrong. Um, but yeah, so I definitely went bust quite a few times. And but like felt like I should be going bust. Like and by bust, yeah. you mean like bankroll to zero? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah bankroll yeah. to zero. Your account balance is zero. Yeah. You've got to redeposit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you say bankroll to zero, I, your bankroll back then was it like okay, I've got ten grand across 
20 different bookies or was it like I'm using this bookie and that's it? Oh, no, it would be over maybe two or three bookies, but it'd also be like, start with like 200, you're talking like 18, 19, 20, yeah. 200, turn it to 900, yeah. back to zero. Back to zero. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, then Perfect. That's exactly what a lot of people yeah. we hear from do. And it's funny because it's such a short term thing. And obviously we've spoken about this fucking 100 times on here, but... The amount of people who just think, okay, I'm going to turn 50 bucks into four grand, mm. but they don't think what they're doing with it after that. And it always, or almost always goes back to zero. So it's also you, nice yeah. to hear that because I've like, I've watched your NBA <laughs> tips and I know that you do it, you know, really seriously. And you're somebody that is hugely focused on, you know, how you stake it and your bankroll. And it's funny because lots of people go, oh, you know, you guys are so boring or you guys, you'd be fun at parties or, and they think that like, we always bet like, you know, we just came out of the womb and we're yeah. like, oh yeah, let's be like professional stakers. and like, yeah. let's bet our money. And it's like, no nah, man, we used to be fucking gamblers. Yeah, that's used to a- lose, used to build our account up then it would go to zero. You know, we're playing with all this free money and then it got to a point where it's like, the fuck are we doing? Like, why do we keep doing this all the time? And it's nice to hear that you did the exact same yeah. thing. And I reckon most punters do. Everyone, you don't just start with a mindset of, oh, I'm just going to stake like this, this is how I'm going to be profitable. No. You have to lose, you have to make mistakes, you have to realize that what you're doing is not going to work and it's nice to hear that you've had the exact same experience as myself and JP. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just one day, you know, really got the staking, pretty disciplined, started with a, an amount in the bankroll and that's what's been bet with basically ever since. What was the um, light bulb moment, do you reckon? Just was it sick of losing or was it kind of like, you know, this is just so dumb. I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Like what was the point where you're like, all right, I'm going to delve into this more seriously. Um, I think the, 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 the big change was basically stop withdrawing as much like out of the bank or not necessarily out of specific uh, bookies. And when I was doing some modeling on these different systems, I was kind of testing against the closing odds and there's different prediction models from all around the web. And I was just seeing like, if I just had a, started with like a thousand dollars and followed that model for like two years what we'd be at and i was like i saw those numbers and i'm like oh man we need to just like so it was kind of like shifting your focus yeah. from like trying to make a thousand bucks every day or trying to make a thousand bucks every week to being more like oh where will i be in two seasons six, yeah okay yeah. two seasons two six seasons. twelve eighteen yeah. months time yeah yeah and then and then once that kind of started to work bankroll got up it's like oh we do want a strategy for taking money out and then this like kind of built a strategy and could the game model if we take out half the profits each month, where do we end up? I essentially tried to find a happy balance. But yeah, I saw that was like how much we're making each year from betting because we track everything versus if we had just left it in there. And if we had it started with tiny amounts, like 100 turns into this, 1,000 to this, 10,000, you get into betting limits, like stake limits obviously as well. But yeah, seeing that modeled out of like if we just had of stuck with that from a small amount of money and never withdrew and only focused on that it was like if the numbers yeah. are like in the hundreds of thousands if you yeah. never got restricted on the stage yeah of course uh, a follow-up question to that is how do you so obviously you've run services with subscribers and you've had people ask you questions and i know you're very active in facebook groups and stuff like that how do you encourage people or can not not convince people but how do you yeah encourage them to be like all right look i'm running this staking plan this is the way that the model works we're not going to profit every day we'll have you know considerable we'll have weeks where we don't collect a bet how, how do you convince somebody to stick around how, how do you yeah like obviously that's the hardest thing we struggle with it as well but how do you get that across to punters and how do you change the way that they think about it to the way that you think about it now obviously you said you used to try and build your account up and then when you had thousand bucks in there you'd want to keep going mm. how do you convince them all right 
stop, we're going to do this the next day or the next day or the next season. How, how do you get that across to them? Yeah, it's really hard. Like, and it's it's almost like a, a single point of failure for like a, a, like a, especially the way I bet at like long odds or like $8 odds. Yeah, so I think you got to have multiple chances for people to kind of understand that. So like in our, in the website, it's really clear. Like we've won 15% of our bets. So, or was there actually, it was like 16. So one out of every six wins, yeah. but we make a profit. And just try to get that through as much as possible. Even on the page, it would have at the top, like last year we made a profit on like 102 out of 204 days, which means the other half, we didn't make a profit. Yep. And and just try to show them that out of this many weeks, this many months, but every single season was a profit. Um, and then also just trying to have some like explainer videos that are like one or two minutes and just trying to find every possible way to kind of get through to that. But it's really hard yep. and it's hard and you know, people that are maybe betting at $2 odds, um, even if they're losing, they're probably still winning almost half their bets. If yeah. you're betting lines, so almost half the bets are coming in like, oh, I won five bets today. It's like, well, you lost $30. Yeah. yeah. So we might go, we lost today, we lost tomorrow. And then we made huge profits on Friday that paid for all the losses. That's even harder from <laughs> hearing that because obviously at the Hustle Squad, we don't gamble or bet or tip, right? But the system has a tipping aspect to it. And um, same thing, like I think it's 68% of days that um, the system profits. I think it's 80% of weeks and 100% of months. But like, for example, yesterday, Wednesday, um, whatever day it was, 20th of September, um, what did we go? Minus four, zero out of six, no winners for the day. Six races. And like, even though we've had a lot of people in that chat for a long time, um, there was still a lot of like, not uproar, but like a lot of people will be like, fuck, terrible day or whatever. And we've had days where I think I counted 22 days worse than that in 100 and maybe even over 200 days now of tipping. And it's just amazing how just because there was no winners, like you just said, even though you can lose money and hit winners, the act of hitting a winner is, is fucks your brain from a gambler's point of view. And Correct. it's like, are you here to hit winners or are you here to make money? And it's like the units at the end of the day is what we're here for. We don't care. We've lost four units for the day. It's like minuscule on the yeah, graph well it was, it's mm. six races and it was Literally. nice to have conversations with them after and be like look guys yes we had a losing day but it's six races and if you look at saturday like we'll have multiple yeah. six race periods where we mm. do not back a winner on a saturday but nobody will care about that, or focus another on race. that because mm. at the end of the day yeah there's another race or at the end of the day when you're plus eight units you don't remember the six no. races where we didn't back a winner and once we kind of get that across to them they're like oh okay maybe i need to just relax like yeah. it's too too focused on the end of whatever the plus minus is at the end of the day and it's like no no who cares it's six races yeah. like we're probably gonna have six races on friday night at the valley and if we get two winners there and then we end up like plus four you know you, you don't even remember wednesday so yeah it's just continually as you said you know it's really hard to get that across but if you just keep drilling down to it think about the long term think about you know 100 tips from now that's going to be yeah. you know 15 wednesdays then take it you know take a look at the sample size then so it's literally where you chuck your magnifying glass on the graph so if you chuck it like fucking zoom it in as much as you can you're going to see like these little fluctuations and shit but if you zoom it out it just does this and it and wins but that's only assuming you actually follow it correctly so same with you yours is worse because you're hitting <laughs> lower hit rate but obviously going for higher odds so the discipline required for people following yours would be even higher which i understand would be very difficult to maintain subscribers so I guess the question with that type of betting, um, obviously it's worked for you. How has it gone with 
people like i know we've kind of covered it already but like what's the feedback from the people when you do have like four days or five days of losing i think it really depends how they start so like we were doing uh trials and so when we did this at black swan bets um and we had tala tipping a really similar kind of way to i bet like he's awesome at developing the system and it's like if in the first week it was like the variance was up they're like this is amazing. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. And it kind of buys us a few months good faith. Well, and yeah. yeah. And then, so then we might win three out of four months and that, in that program, which is really T was winning three out of four months and we might get through that month that wasn't as good. Um, but if in like, we're doing like a seven or a 10 day trial and it's like, actually it was a low variance and then they, they jump off. Mm. We've had the like, same thing with the system. We've yeah, launched free trials so, and every time it happened where we'd have a losing day. And I always because I was very um, heavily involved with the ma- marketing at the back end without being on the public side of the system early on. And I'd like to think I'm pretty good at the marketing and the psychology behind kind of not convincing people. There's nothing to convince because it works, but like changing their mindset to be able to recognize that it does actually win. And it does massively affect if you sign up on the first day and your first day is a big profitable day. Unfortunately, that impacts how long they're going to be a subscriber for mm. because if you see plus 20 on your first day you remember that for the next three months mm. whereas if you sign up in minus 10 you, you're more likely to unsubscribe and that's not how it should be but it, it's the reality of how the human brain works so yeah it's very interesting and obviously you just got to keep doing it and eventually it works for yeah people. the human brain sorry to cut in there danny but the human brain thing i wanted to touch on because you'll see we'll post results right or we'll post something on tiktok and some guy will DM us and they'll send us a massive bet slip. Hey, mate, you know, you guys made four units today, but I had $500 on this thing at Sandown in the UK and I actually made $900 on that bet. So, like, I made more than you guys made today. And it's like, dude, you don't understand. Like, we don't, we're not focused on, like, one day and we're never going to bet, like, $500 for most of our subscribers minimum. That's at least 10 units. For most, it's probably 20 units. So, we're never going to have 20 units on a selection. And... It's just so frustrating that individuals even like, this is why people bet on multis, right? Because if they hit one multi, they win one multi, they see that green figure, see all those green ticks, they've done it. Like they've won a bet. They don't care that they've lost $10,000 on all of their other multis. Mm. It's just, I did it, I hit a multi. So I'm going to hit another one. The act of winning overcomes the act of profit. Correct. Like they don't care. It's It's not even about profit. It's about fun or it's about, you know, man, I'm just doing this because I hit this one or... My mate hit this massive multi, so you know my one's around the corner. Or, yeah. You know, keep going, man. Your win's just around the corner. You see those comments on Twitter, like, "Don't let the haters get you down." And it's like, <laughs> man, these people aren't haters; they're just realists, and they know that you're going to keep losing. Well, it's nothing like against the person. It's, no, it's none of it's personal. Like, we're not the person making it up that it's going to lose. It's how, if you bet like that, you'll lose. Yeah, you're like you just sit there, you put a tick, like you cut this clip, put it on TikTok, and I say, if you bet multis, you'll lose, and everybody gets triggered by it and. That's gets what affected doing. personally because that's how they bet all of the time and yeah. it's like once they get told that they're wrong it's like no nah, no nah, i've hit a bet before and it like mm. it's kind of like a bit of an ego thing like i've hit a bet before so i'll hit another one and it's like dude we don't care like send me your betting statement them Post hitting betting a statement. bet is why people then do that betting of course because someone else hitting that bet is the worst thing that can happen to you um, and it's called the availability heuristic you, you see someone win 600 grand on twitter Suddenly, you're going to follow him and think that's going to be you. Unfortunately, it's not going to be. Yeah, you see, he'll have another one soon. Like that's, <laughs> I mean, that's that's the mindset. That's what they think. Like they're literally thinking, "I'll have another one soon." Or if they've had, like, they had a big win, and I used to feel like this. If I hit a, we've all done it. Yeah. If I hit a multi, like an AFL round multi, six years ago, and made like 200 bucks, which was a lot of money for me then, and probably for a lot of punters, 
I, I would be like, Go again. yeah, I'm a fucking god. So I'm definitely going to hit next week. And then it would get like four or five weeks down the track. And I've probably had $50 on all of them. And I'm now down from my win. Yeah. But I still remember the win. And I don't remember the five weeks in a row where I didn't collect. So like, But if you hit another one, you'll be back in of front. Of course I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Like I'm only, you know, I'm only one win away. And then it plays on your mind. You remember the 250 you won. And then you've lost five in a row. So you're back to even. So I'm even. I haven't lost anything yet. <laughs> and then you lose five in a row. And you're down 250. And then you start constructing your multi. All right, I need yeah. to win 250, 260 so that I'm in profit. To go again, and it's, it's just a then cycle. Then you start putting 250 Correct. on doubles and yeah, triples. And you, and Anyone and got just, an easy triple tonight? <laughs> just keeps going down. And that's it's just so frustrating that yeah, Danny's shaking his head. But that's like, you sit in those Facebook groups, and that is the reality uh, of those Facebook groups. I had to get out of them. I, I promise you, like, I went out of them for six months, and I went back in one the other day. And I'm like, I was hoping that it may have changed, but it's fucked. I just get shattered for them. Yeah, like, I, I feel sad for them. Because people. if you, and we speak to subscribers or people that, pop into the DMs. I'm sure you have conversations with people like this. Yeah. They're like, man, I've been watching your content and it finally has clicked. Like I realized that if I keep betting like this, I'm going to lose. And it's like, dude, we speak to people that are losing two, three, four, five hundred dollars a week, which is what, two and a half, five grand a year. Well, the guy losing. from September that messaged us not to talk about people, but he's not going to name him, but he said he lost, I think it was 11K at the start of September in the first 12 days. And yep. I, yeah, know, I had a really had good a phone, phone call, call with, with him. him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he said, but he, it's funny because speaking to him, he, he's very switched on and he's like, I know how ridiculous this is. And he's like, it's not affecting my life, but he's like, I know that I could be doing so much better with the 11. He literally lost $11,000 in 12 days in September. Yeah, obviously, he has a lot of, like, he's yeah, like he has a lot income. of discretionary income, but he's like, man, it's still, he's still like, I know how stupid it is. And I, and I can't stop myself doing it. Like, what can I do? What can I do with these? He's like, I'm getting two grand worth of free bets a week. How can I? turn the tables and I'm like mate like you have such a big opportunity if you can change the way that you think about it and I'm sure for so many people that listen to this they think we're idiots they think we're know-it-alls they think we like the sound of our own voice but it's like dude if you just think about this logically for 10 minutes where are you going to be in a year two years from your betting like you've said and how you worked out this is how I want to bet surely more people will change their mind yeah well we're all on the same side as everyone else that's what people sometimes don't really think about we're yeah. not on some middle ground where we're above we're on the side of the punter and there's the bookies over here yeah it's so us first them we're, we're all trying to make money you're just doing it a different way yeah. and your way won't work long term and not that our way is the only way but we haven't made this way up it's literally money management and, and discipline and that's yeah. it so do it however you want to do it but you need money management discipline and an edge in some way whatever that is that's all you need so if you don't have that you'll lose simple it's the same as any investment. Like if we all buy crypto or we all buy shares or we all invest in something, like we, everybody that's buying crypto wants it to go up, right? Everybody wants to buy the right crypto. And if somebody tells you, you can't do it this way, you need to set stop losses, you need to stake this way, whatever. And someone goes, no, 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 that's not how you do it. You just buy Shiba and it goes to the moon and then you get rich. Like that's what they're trying to do. And if somebody tells you, bro, you're not going to make money doing that. They think that you're against them. It's like, mate, we're all here to make money. We're all here to make money off the bookies. Unfortunately, the way that you're doing it, it's proven in the long term that it won't work. And that's why the bookies make billions of dollars a year. Yeah, they don't make that's not a fluke. Yeah. yeah, that's not a luck. That's not, there's not <laughs> fucking 15 million unlucky punters and we're the three lucky ones. Like, it's just, it's baffling. It, it upsets me. I get like really frustrated yeah. and emotional for people because you I'm like, waste oh. a lot of time on those groups talking to people and trying to convince them but you end up getting attacked yeah it's, well it's not it's about not convincing it's just about like helping yeah, just them think about it like yeah just go through it logically like you said and then 
Yeah. What anyway. you, what's your um kind of stories about talking to people in these groups? And because I know you run a couple of Facebook groups and um help manage them. What's your feedback on this kind of shit? Like, do you see the same stuff? Yeah, I mean, um, we definitely didn't go as hard as you in the group. So we yeah. like, um, but. The big one I think it's really awesome to see is sometimes people just from like being around, we've got, a, I've got a group of like five guys. Like we, we did Black Swan, the four of us did Black Swan bets, but you know, we've been working at this for ages and kind of iterating and improving and improving. And once we started doing it together, it was like through the roof. And now we kind of, you know, lead, there's a, um, our group blokes who bet and, you know, we kind of lead that. And then people who started to kind of follow kind of came along. And so as we're doing those kind of bets, there's like people in there doing exactly what you said. Anyone got a safe double up tonight? And we're like, it doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, because even if we like a bet at $2, maybe it's a 60% chance of winning. That's not safe. It's still going to lose four out of 10. But there's definitely stories of people in there, like after enough of being around who kind of come around. Mm. Um, and we've got people who post in the group really similar bets to our systems that they've like worked out, mm. you know, basically from being around. But for every one of those, there's like 20 people who are doing the same bets mm. and are like, hopefully this time it'll work. And so like, yeah, there's, I talk to people all that, well, you know, obviously people message in the same way and they say, oh, do you have a, it's almost never like, oh, can you teach me how to do this? Sometimes it is, but for every one of those, there's 10 people like got a safe multi for tonight. Mm got something safe for EPL it's like you've been with me for two years I've never showed it a soccer bet you know yeah it's like what the question I have for the people asking do you have any safe bets or do you have any I don't know fucking make 500 by certainty whatever is what is your aim of that bet is it like are you going to put your house on it are you your savings are you going to try and put something to get out of jail like because you've lost 500 like what is the aim of that bet and if you start thinking about that it's like, hang on, well, maybe I'm in a position where I should probably not do that and maybe think about not betting at all because that screams desperation when you hear that and it's never a good sign. Um, the other thing I like want to know is like, if I'm spending money on something or if I'm going to invest money in something or if I'm going to follow your bets, for example, I, I want to know that they work. Like, I, If you're just posting to the public, like, hey guys, what are you betting on tonight? What's this bet? Or you see some guy post a bet yeah. on Facebook, what, like, in what world are you... Th- how do you know that he's good? Like, why are you putting your hard-earned money on that guy's selection if you know nothing about him? Like, yeah. he's just said, hey, guys, this, this is a safe tip. That's like me saying, hey, guys, if you transfer me 50 bucks into my bank account, yeah. you know, I'll give you 100 bucks next week. Same thing. It's exactly the but same thing. Would, no one would pay you 50 bucks. Of but, course but they would But if you said, do a multi or win, they'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I should just post in those Facebook groups and go, hey, guys, I'm putting on this multi tonight as a punter's club. <laughs> Everybody, you know, it's it's twenty thousand to one. If everybody puts fifty bucks on this, send it to me. We'll put it on together and we'll send the bookies broke. People would send me money if I did that. I know. But if I just well, said, "Hey guys, everybody, send me fifty dollars, and I'll give you seventy five dollars back on Friday," nah. nobody would send me a cent. So why wouldn't you send me money, but you would bet it like and just transfer <laughs> it essentially to the bookie fun, instead? It's fine. Ugh, whatever. <laughs> Well, it's, it's frustrating. I don't want to talk about this. I didn't want to mention this on this podcast. We'll talk about it in more depth, probably on the one that we do with um, Steve. But uh, there was a TikTok group, um, which we actually pay one of our admin guys to go through and do some results on. Um, they're a podcast that tries to make 100K every week. Um, and we got their results. Well, they're down like 7.5K, I think it was. Oh, this, yeah, they have different categories of bets, but it wasn't. Yeah. 
There was like 57 bets that they posted this year for three wins. Yeah. And it's so like... Three out of 60. It, it, not to attack them, right? They're just like any other punter in Australia. But track results of services, and you're heavy on this. I've seen you post heaps of videos, really good videos about this on your Instagram, about tracking the bets, make sure they're independently certified. You don't even have to go that far, man. No one even has fucking results. <laughs> so it's like one of the greatest guys, or not greatest, one of the biggest uh, followers, following or whatever you um, in this industry, we won't name him, but... I'm sure you'll work out who it is. He just posts constantly, bet slips, getting people sucked in, really cheap sub service. And it's like, there's no results in sight. And if you don't have results, there's another one, a couple online, like fucking combining like porn basically with, with tipping. And it's like, it's just the amount of people getting sucked into OnlyFans and tits and fucking, there's some lady, not to, we're not derogatory in any way towards females, but like they're combining... The two main things that will suck in males is gambling and sex. Sex. Combine it's that, genius. you've got a fucking perfect product. The only thing is not winning. So if you've got results, great, sub to it. But first check them. And if you don't have them, then they're probably not going to win. So uh, what about like we're talking about like these other services and stuff. Have you, have you ever copped any hate yourself yeah. for the way that you bet or for your service? Or have you been told like, you know, fuck off, mate, this doesn't work. You don't make money. Like, have you copped any hate or anything? Yeah, like a, a little bit, um, especially some of the, we'll post, like there's a, a group and it's actually not a bad group. Like it's pretty well, I kind of go if police is the right word, but it's got like a decent culture. And, um, and there's like around 20,000 people in there. And like I was doing maybe 10 bets a day and I was posting like two or three and I was, you know, winning my normal 15%. And I managed to post like 26 losers in a row in that group. In and group. I was like, well, I'm not going to get any out of this but like the hate on that was like pretty fantastic you know and there's like you should give up we're really worried about you like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like and then visibility the guy's an idiot what do you do for a job you yeah know? that's <laughs> it when it gets personal it's like mate what are you like but that's because someone's bet on it and lost more yeah, money because they, they had no staking plan but yeah. i reckon i met you through rinsing you on a facebook group that is how we met yeah so <laughs> like um that is how we met like, i was posting but it's funny we talked about how people get sucked in but like we worked out posting super informative you know you should do yeah. this this and this was not actually yeah, yeah. how we got leads how we get leads is by posting these like Slips. epic bet slips yeah. Yeah. and then when people come to us and like we the way we bet we have a lot of epic bet slips like mm. it wasn't unusual to have like a few hundred dollars at like 20 to 1 you know that was happening like most days and so when one of those win it's epic but we found doing that was we got more leads and then from that if you went to our websites or any anything like that you then definitely saw, oh, this is tracked, it's certified. Yeah. Um, here's some real clear picture of how it actually looks. Our graph doesn't go straight up. It goes like this, yeah. you know? And so, but that's not how you get the attention. And so, yeah, it was in one of those where I was posting slips without context and um, you found it, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I've got removed from that. This is over, <laughs> it's over a year ago. Like, I didn't say anything bad. I was just pretty much saying, like, do you have any results? And... I think I must have jumped to a conclusion because you posted something that wasn't probably looking profitable. But the fact that you then had a staking plan and a unit size on every post, then I messaged you and I, we started talking mm. and then obviously we had a phone call and this is over a year ago now and we've been back and forth. You were living overseas during that time. I actually remember when you messaged me and you're like, I've been rinsing this guy and he's like, I actually think that he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And then he sent me to the link and I'm like going through it all. I'm like, yeah, dude, I think like he actually might yeah. be profitable. Like I think he knows what he's talking yeah. about. Yeah, no, once we like looked into it, it's no, no brainer that it's obviously know what you're doing. Um, but it's funny you say that thing about bet slips and 
we used to do that early on, but we'll never do that anymore. Um, it's not I mean, anyone, each to their own. Um, the, if you're going to do that, have results, which you do, because I know you do this. Um, and like, we'll never do it anymore because we just simply won't. Um, but we it's will do TikTok videos. And our most viral video in the yeah, last just has a bit fucking on. two months was us making a mistake by not remembering the correct steak on a multi that Tom showed me during the week. So we remembered the multi during the podcast, but we remembered the steak wrong. The payout was the same, but we said a hundred instead of a thousand. And then every person in the comments just, oh, you can't even fucking work out that it's a thousand dollars. You shouldn't be running any service. It's got like 250k views. <laughs> yeah. And like so many subscribers came from that, jumping to our free chat and then people getting DMs and smart people coming across yeah. and learning. Well, that's the thing I was going to say, like if you're posting bet slips to get eyes on your service, like at the end of the day, we know that it's effective, but it's like, what, like, what's the end result? What are they looking at? Like, for example, if we post a bet slip, I have no qualms with us doing that because the reality is if you make it to our website, yeah, we go through our content. Like, we're not there to scam someone. Like, right. we're fucking there to help you. And if you send us a DM, you're going to get all these voice messages. But there are other people that are posting bet slips that potentially aren't even theirs to get you to buy their service for a week or two weeks. And they, they know that they're not making money. They don't give a fuck. All they they're trying to sense. do is make revenue through getting idiots essentially to buy their service for a week two weeks before they realize that it's stupid but they don't care because they have 100 200 people that buy it for two five ten bucks they're there for two weeks they've made whatever 10 15 bucks out of you and they don't care rinse and repeat they'll go and get another 200 300 people and that's how they're making their money as opposed to running a genuine service that provides value to somebody that's going to make them money in the long term well look at the price of the services if it's under ten dollars for like a month Forget about it. I'm, I'm sorry. But unless it's like, there'll be maybe an outlier somewhere that proves that wrong. I don't know how much you charge, but... 90, I think 99 American a month. Yeah. There you go. So we charge 99 Australian a month at the system and, and the Platinum Squad's $1,100 once off. Um, right, and that's the price. That'll um, be a higher price to automatically filter out people who aren't going to pay that money because they're not there for the right reason. So no disrespect to those people, but it almost... It, it almost, when you pay that money... And it's a it's a higher amount than two dollars. You're almost forced to then go and follow it because Correct. it's like you've made the investment and now you're accountable to yourself to do that. Not everyone sees it like that because they might just waste a hundred dollars and not care. But if you've paid a hundred dollars and you're in there for a month at least, at least give it a crack. And then I guarantee you, if you do give it a crack during that time, you'll learn something. You'll change the way you bet. You'll stop losing, and then you probably stick around if you do it properly. And you can end up being someone who's made who's making 4K a month, every month in six months time. So yeah, um, not sure where we're going off that, but the, the price I think is a good way to see whether it's legit or not. Yeah, I, I don't mind people that don't have a trial, but we I, I do a trial of 30 days. Yeah. And the purpose is like at the end of that 30 days, you should know if this is for you or not. And you've also, we've had time for our results to kind of even out. So it's like, um, I love that the real kind of message to get across is, we're not trying to scam you out of like paying for one week. Anyone that's not going to be a customer or a member for like six months, I would rather you have it for free for three months or three weeks and realize this isn't for me. Yeah. Like I don't want people to pay and then cancel. That's like bad will. You know, they'd probably be annoyed as well. Like it didn't work out. So yeah, I think having a high enough pr price is like, they seriously have to think about it. Yeah. And then they go, okay, this is worth it. And Well, yeah, we nearly removed the weekly. We, we've kept it there now. I was just about to say, we had a discussion about that. And the only reason that we've kept the weekly because there's no value in buying our service for a week. And what I mean by value is like, you're not going to be able to place a bet. You're not going to have seen the system mm. properly. And also if you're in there for one week to try and make money, 
that's not how it's built. Mm. As you said, like if you don't have a good week, they're gone. But the only reason we've kept the weekly is because we know when you subscribe, there is significant value to you as a punter. You're going to get personalized voice messages. You're going to have two and a half hours worth of videos to go through. And maybe, you know, well, not maybe, you shouldn't be placing a bet with us in the first week. It's just not possible. So we hope that by keeping the weekly open, majority of the time, it is going to be instant gratification monkeys that are looking, they've had a really bad week. They want to jump in. They want to load up our tips and make money. But there's probably going to be 20, 25, 30% of people that buy it because they're curious or they buy it because they're like, like are these guys a scam i've been scammed before i've bought you know a really mm. cheap service before and it didn't work so i'll jump in and then we leave the weekly because those people that jump in the 20 30 of people that get the content go through it all speak to us and they're like holy fuck these guys are legit this is sick then they convert to a monthly or a three monthly or a yearly we've seen a couple and that's that's the difference it's the only reason we would keep the weekly open because as you said there's there's no value in a weekly really you're not going to get any value out of our service in one week profit wise but the way that you understand that we're legit, the way that you potentially change the way that you think about punting after watching the three hours of content, seeing the community, seeing the website, going through the members only section, reading the FAQs or watching the FAQ videos, then it's like, okay, there is value in a weekly because there might be 20 or 30 punters a month that buy a weekly that then decide, I need to change the way that I think about punting. And that's the only reason that we keep the weekly there. Yeah, it has to be like long-term like I just want, I only want people to pay if they're going to stay and long-term that works best for me, put all the effort into that first month. It works best for them because year after year after year, you know, they're probably going to be doing pretty well in NBA, but a week it's, it's the same thing we tell them. Like when they sub for a week, like, cause we follow up every subscriber after their first week. And it's like, look, the reality is, man, you're not going to get anything out of the week. We say that, and we're not here to rip you off. Like if you're not going to do it properly, don't subscribe, don't pay us because it's a waste of your money. And, it's a waste of our time as well. Mm. Like we're putting in genuine time and effort to help these guys understand what to do at the system and to help them understand that gambling blindly, you won't make money. So if you're not interested in doing it long-term, as you said, it's definitely a waste of your money to subscribe and it's a waste of like our time as a service. So it's nice to hear that, you know, another service that's doing similar things to us feels the same way. And I'm sure all other profitable services or people that put in a lot of time and effort would feel the same way. Yeah. Long term, it's it's the good thing is when you have a long term focus in betting and gambling, it's like with discipline, it's not that difficult to make a profit if you can follow. You say this all the time, like it's it's not, but it's what's difficult is turning up day after day and putting on your three or four bets that you know are good through your system or whoever you follow, or and then doing that time after time. And when you do that for a few years, it's like oh wow, look at look at what I have now, but. When you gamble, you might have an awesome weekend and then go again. Go again, but I think a lot of people they know out of their paycheck they can blow a hundred or they can blow fifty, and so they just do that every weekend. They say, "I've got fifty. Look, if I win on Friday night, we'll keep going. Maybe mm. I, sometimes I even cash out five hundred on Monday." But over the year, if they do that, that's what twenty five hundred. Maybe they cash out like a thousand and they lose fifteen hundred. Yeah, but they don't care about bankroll management because they know next week I've got another fifty when I get paid, and it's kind of like. You know, it's a bottomless pit. They're yeah. just gonna like they're just gonna yeah. keep throwing yeah. money well, and keep throwing that's money. That's not the worst way to look at it. If you're making a grand a week and you're donating fifty dollars every single week and it never becomes more than that, I mean, if that's your entertainment and you know never want to change that and you're aware it's the, not the most profitable way to bet and you want to lose, essentially, like you said, they might hit two wins for the year, make um, lose fifteen hundred for the year. I mean, fifteen hundred is not the end of the world if you're making seventy k, eighty k a year. 
The problem is though, that's still so structured, so disciplined. Yeah. There's so much self-control, Correct. no emotion yeah. there. And, that, and the reality yeah. is- At the end of the day, you're still staking. You're, you're following a staking plan essentially. Like that $50, it doesn't matter whether you put it on a multi or whether you've split it into $50, $1 bets. You've put $50 in and that's your, your money management for that week. Reality is not many people would be doing 50 exactly or every single week. Doing it without awareness. No, like, oh, I've got correct. 150, I need to keep 50, I'll put 100 this week. Yes, you know, and like, that yeah. might change to 200 after they've yeah. lost four in a row because they want to get it back. Um, and, and as Danny said, like you might run that 50 up to 500, but n- not many punters have the self-discipline to then call it and go, great, I've run that up to 500, again, back take to it 50. out. Yeah, back to 50 next week. They'll just run the 500 yeah. to zero and then go again. And that's where, that's where the bookies will just round you up because... People do win, of course, and and people, like I said before, people are going to win bets. You're going to see green ticks on slips, on fucking stories, on groups, because people do win, and people winning keeps you coming back. But it's what you do when you win. If you keep it at fifty again and keep your staking exactly the same, you're more likely to profit. But if you start going ten times your stake, then you're going to lose. Well, you've made videos on this. Like it's not hard to back a winner, and as you're saying, like everyone can find a winner, but it's what you do between the winners. And if you continually donate between the winners or you don't have any structure or you can't remove emotion, no discipline, you're not going to make money in the long term. No. And that's basically all punters. They just, there's no structure. There's no discipline. There's no plan. And it can, you can still have a plan and structure and it can be fun. Like if you have, as you said, you got 50 bucks entertainment for the week. You can still be fun doing that. Yeah. But it's when you then lose it and you go, oh, you know, I can, I can do another 50 or I can do another 25 or I can do a hundred. And then if you keep putting money in or when you run your account up, you run it back down. Well, that's what we said. You said that the best way to decipher, or I think I did a video on this, whether it's fun or not, is whether you care if you win or lose after you've lost that 50. So if you end the weekend and let's say, like you said, you put a $50 total worth of bets, one of those bets wins you 300 and then you lose that 300, goes back to zero. Sunday night, the weekend's over. And you're like, fuck, I lost $50 or yeah. I lost 300 or whatever. It's not fun. And yet, and then you want to make that back. You're not betting for fun. And the, the, the people that bet for fun are the ones that make a grand a week. They bet a percentage, tiny percentage, even 5% of your bankroll of your income is probably a little bit too much. I yeah. mean, it's probably there, on the border, there. right? But if you're making 200 a week and $50 is going to punting, that's a quarter of your salary. That's way too much. But if you walk away from it, and you say, I couldn't give a shit. I've put 50 bucks. I've, I've had fun with my mates. I couldn't give two shits. I walk home. I'd go to work tomorrow. And you didn't think about betting or the, the money you lost. Then you're betting for fun. Um, but that, I don't know how many. And that's, that's the entertainment factor of it's the same as, you know, if you go out to the pub with your mates and you have a few beers and a palmer. Yeah. And, and you never you never bat an eyelid at spending that money. That's Correct. fine because that's within. Fun. Yeah, that's fine. That's within. You're, you're happy to spend that money on that. But. As you said, if you're happy to spend 100 bucks a week, 50 bucks a week on punting, you never think about it again, you never deposit again, you never chase losses. That's elite. But most people watching this or thinking about it, they, they, they've never, ever lost 100 bucks and then gone, oh, fuck, it doesn't matter. They, you know, how am I getting it back? Well, should I bet again? I'm going to jump on a Facebook group, find somebody that's got a certainty. And then, that, then bro, you're not betting for fun. That is the, None of that's fun. You're actually stressed. You're anxious. Mm-hmm. You're trying to make the money back, and it's the complete yeah, opposite yeah. of fun. You're sitting there watching EPL matches till four AM. So yeah, like, yeah. You, you, you waste time. You waste yeah. energy. Like and it, it all adds money. up. And and people watching this again will will get triggered by this if we ever put it on like clips. <laughs> but where um, you you know yourself if you if you're betting for fun or not. Like deep down, everyone knows. So if you don't, and you don't think you are betting for fun after hearing that, then maybe. 
you don't have to tell us or report back to us. We're not the police, but maybe change it and you'll end up saving yourself money, a lot of stress, energy, etc. So do whatever you want, but that's a good way to... Look what, do you, what experiences do you have, Danny, with people that do jump off or, you know, you said that you try to encourage people. We were talking about before, you know, try to encourage people to at least be in for 30 days. What, what experiences do you have with jump offs? Do you try and speak to them? Do they ever contact you? What's kind of conversation or what's the vibe for people that do jump off the service pretty quickly? Um, but we have a little thing. So when they go to cancel, like we, firstly, we make it easy to cancel. So it's not like, you know, that's nothing worse than that, right? Go through three pages yeah, yeah, and then yeah. email this person, handwrite a letter, it's rubbish. But we have a, a little box that says like reason for cancelling. And you have to put something, even if you just put like a dot, like you can't cancel without like putting something. And so that's like the first point of call is we get that. And when we have a bad week, it's like, okay, that's what it is. But then when people are cancelling, that's like, it was okay, or this and that, that's awesome info as well for us to kind of go and chat to them. But yeah, if I think I can have a conversation with someone who cancelled, like they'll pick up the phone, that's awesome because we can kind of find out and you start to get insights. And um, sometimes it's just, oh, look, uh, I don't have the time to do it, but it's awesome. Or I'll be back next year. I've got to renovate something, this and that. And often there is like a, a oh, I'm saving for this or I need to renovate. And it's like, if you're using the system properly, shouldn't be risking any more than you started with, you yeah. know? And we, so we kind of worked out through a lot of cancels, bankroll management was something we weren't like imparting well enough. And so we did like a video we showed, like if you start with $500 and you were just betting, say like 1%, we normally bet between like 0.5 to 3%. Um, it does go outside that a bit, but that's generally the system. You know, betting 1%, you would have to lose like thousand bets in a row to run out of money. You know, if you kept putting it down to 1%. So when you got to 400, you started bidding $4, $300. Oh, so you actually changed the percentage yeah. as you go down. Yeah, and like yeah, for, right. for me doing it seriously, I have a live tracker. Yeah. For most people, my end of the day, end of the week. But it was like, if you actually decrease your bet size or increase it if, as well, you know, $1,000, 1% is 10. 500 is five. You would have to lose like, it's almost a thousand bets in a row to not be able to place a bet at the bookmaker. Like you're yeah. not be above the minimum bet. And so we showed people that and that was quite a good graphic. Like mm. you realize how much you would have to lose, you know, if you did this, you could literally put $500 in today and then that hundred bucks you spend a week, you could start to save that and you can gamble forever, like forever. I reckon know? we didn't do that well at the start and we do that much better now focusing on bankroll because we do, we did have a lot of people, especially after a bad week that would disappear. And it's like, well, if, if you are following the units properly and you've allocated the correct bankroll, a bad week should be irrelevant. Like, obviously it sucks. We don't want to have bad weeks and like, we don't want to lose money, but it shouldn't be the reason that you just, oh, you know, like I, I need to pay my car bill now or whatever. It's like, well, then you didn't allocate the right amount of money to the service mm -hmm. at the start and you're doomed for failure anyway, because if you don't do that and you allocate too much anyway, and then that car bill still does come up, you're still going to have to pull mm -hmm. your money out and leave anyway. So the results are irrelevant or people gamble. And that's another thing that we, you know, if, you, if you're going to follow a service properly, just because we've made money this week, don't go and punt it away. Or just because we've made some money and we've got some bonuses to convert, don't then go and punt those bonuses mm -hmm. because you're just eating out of your profits. And I think that's a really difficult thing for punters to understand. It's like, if you're going to commit to a service or do something properly, don't allocate, if you've got $2,000 worth of savings, don't put a thousand bucks into the service because you're going to need to dip out of it. Like you want to be able to allocate, if you've got 10 grand savings, Thousand bucks, that's fine. Don't put five grand, don't put seven grand, don't put two and a half grand. Thousand dollars, start at the bottom, work your way up. And as you said, like if there's gonna be fluctuations, variance, and if you can't deal with them or remove the emotion, 
because majority of the time the, you can't remove emotion because you, you're overstaked or you've mm. invested too heavily into it at the start, then you know you need to wind that back because once you can remove emotion from the situation, the easiest way to do that is to get your stakes right, to get your bankroll right. Then if we have a minus five unit day or you have a minus 10 unit week, it's irrelevant because we might make 20 units next week. And if you jump off or you get emotional because your bankroll and your staking isn't right, you're only a detriment to yourself. And that's something that I think we drill in really well now. It's like, all right, you've got five grand, cool, start with 500 bucks. Start with a thousand, that's it, no more. And do this properly. Start with a five, $10 unit size till you're comfortable, till you've been here for a few months, your bankroll's doubled, then you can take it more seriously. And if you can just drill into them to get through that, you know, two month period where it's a bit learning, growing pains, you gotta spend some time going through the content, understanding your staking, for example, then it's sunshine and rainbows, but you have to, able to you know get them get you them through to. that three month period yeah and it's interesting as well because like one thing another thing i thought hit home with a lot of people is we kind of showed you could make a hundred bits that have an edge and if you stake them incorrectly mm. like there's only two optimal ways to stake like that well there's you might be able to do your own stakes in your head and work it out and this and that but there's two like mathematical ones that you can if you've got an edge you can blanket them you can do um, the kelly criterion and the impact method but it's like if you do something else and unless you're just awesome at kind of working it out and some people kind of are, they, they essentially do the impact in their head. What's Sorry, what's each one? You want to explain to people in case they Yeah, sure. Things? So the Kelly Criterion is, um, it was created by this guy at Bell Labs in like the 50s and it was essentially an equation. It's like an investment equation to work out the optimal amount to, of resources to risk on an investment. And so, um, and he, he wrote this equation like in like the fifties and to this day, no AI has been able to beat it. Like no one's been able to beat it and you can use it in gambling. You can use it in investing. You can use it in any kind of, um, like Warren Buffett invests using that algorithm and obviously other things he does as well. But so it's essentially, it's not necessarily the perfect one, but it's the best we've had and no one's been able to beat it. There is some things though. You need to have very accurate predictions. So my predictions, I thought like a year or two ago may have been good enough for that. And now I'm like, oh, there might not be quite like enough decimal points um, in. And the impact staking method is kind of the opposite. If you don't have perfect information, this is a method that will work. Um, and it, it was, I think it was a university out of Japan that was studying kind of betting stuff and they did it and it was really interesting. And essentially it's really simple. It says you're going to have a mark out of your bankroll. So if you've got a hundred dollars and or let's say a thousand dollars and the mark is like 5%. So $50, you want every bit to pay out that amount, every bit to pay out $50. So if it's $10 odds, you put $5. Yeah. If it's $2 odds, put 25 and you, but you keep working on that 5% and it's kind of a natural way of putting less on things that are less likely and more on things that are more likely. Like it's not perfect, yeah. but it's, if you don't have, perfect information to use the Kelly criterion, which bets huge amounts. Like it will bet 70%, 30%, 10%, it bets huge amounts. So you've got to be able to ride it, but the impact also works. Um, and so for most sports bettors, impact is the way to go because the chances are they don't have an algorithm that's predicting like to the third decimal point yeah. of accuracy. Um, but essentially, if you don't do one of those two, or somehow you've got a bit of like beautiful mind going in your brain, you could make like hundreds or thousands of, like bets with an edge. And if you stake them wrong, the bookmakers still make an edge. Yeah. Well, dumbing it down even simpler than this, you could have a, a 90% hit rate, which mm -hmm. no one does. Or I mean, if you're hitting, who knows, like if you sit there and do dollar ones, you might yeah, be able yeah. to have 90% hit rate, but 
if you're putting the wrong, if you put like one wrong bet, you've lost all your bankroll. Mm. So that backs up simplifying. Obviously, there's way yeah. more to what you just said, but it all definitely comes back to bankroll. You don't win or lose because of your selections. You lose because of what you're putting on it. Yeah. Um, that's so, that. Yeah. That is drilling down. That you've just perfectly summarised like why multis suck, for example, because multis you need to have 100% strike rate. So, and a multi isn't a like it's not one selection, as you're saying. You know, you stake all your selections. Like a multi is five selections, so you don't have to get one multi right. You actually have to get five tips right. And how many punters? You're a professional punter. How many punters get 100% of their tips right every day? Uh, it's impossible. But even staking a multi, yeah, like so Danny does stake multis. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but with his, it's different, right? He's got a exactly like his edge combined with the staking optimal yeah but what i'm saying is like for the general punter right they, who they don't, don't even that. know what kelly oh, criterion yeah. is or they don't even understand what percentage of their bankroll they should have on it like if you go through your whole betting statement and you and all your betting is multis or same game multis and they all have five eight ten legs in them like you you need to have a hundred percent strike rate on 10 tips yeah. in a row and you don't even have an edge in the way that you're selecting them so how are you going to make money it's also impossible to stake like i think this is, we've chatted about this before the the, the same game multis and it's like, yeah, I, I do a lot of same game multis and it's a system we kind of worked out at Black Swan Bets with T. But there's a difference between like taking, um, if you think about the footy this weekend, you know, Selwood to do one thing and Buddy to do another. Yeah, that's, uh, what's it called? Um, well, they're non-correlating. Yeah, but if it's like, oh, I want to bet on Steph Curry and I'm going to do things that are connected to Steph Curry Correct. over points, over assists... Yeah, I can treat that as a single because yeah. I can essentially go and research it the same way with a single. And that's, so to me, it's like, it's called an SGM, but really it's just a, it's a connected, yeah. and it's a single. Well, no, you're 100%. focused on a single player and the connection between like when he scores X amount of points, he usually has X amount of assists or whatever over, Golden you know, State win by 10 points over, over, over you know, thousands and thousands of data points. Whereas, you know, some Joe Blow sitting there going, oh, Buddy will definitely kick two and, oh, Tom Hawkins will definitely kick three. Like yeah. there's, you don't, you don't, like there's no not, correlation like how many afl games is a forward at one end kick two and another one at three like they don't know that mm. and they're just no. putting that into multi because buddy's a gun it Tom Hawkins good. is a gun. Oh, i think actually danger will definitely have he, 30 he's to, due to kick yeah, three yeah, too yeah, yeah. He he has a big game. Game. he'll have 25 like that's yeah. that's not an edge that's just you thinking that you're smarter than the bookie and the bookie knows all the data points yeah. and that's the price they're giving you and that price is under, under the value and you think that it's value because he's due or whatever like you're never going to win yeah, and it's amazing. Like the bookies with the singles, they can stake them pretty well. With the SGMs, their their odds are um, like the market is so bad at betting them that it's not that difficult to beat them if you've got like a, a way to kind of make a prediction. And it's Correct. like if you have a way, if you have so, a way. So th what you mean by it's the market's so bad is is that literally the m amount of money that they're making from is ridiculous. So they don't even have to be kind of like... It's not um, getting harder. Nah, it's, like they don't have yeah. to be... What's the word I'm looking for? Like ultra cautious accurate. or yeah. accurate on their odds. Yeah. They could be like giving you overs or like yeah. inflated value, but no one picks up on it or next to no one does because yeah. everyone's just losing on them and then you people like you just round them up. Yeah, and, and we were worried. We were like, what's going to happen? Because there's one bookmaker who really kind of pioneered this um, and we're like, what happens if they change it? And it was like, we're like, we need to be prepared for this. What we're going to do. We know we can bet singles this net. We could, you know, we could try to convert to that. But that was like a thing we were worried about from like season one to season two of being in public. 
And then the next year, there was like five bookmakers using the same like odd style of engine. I don't know if it's a third party that provides the engine or if Must they do it their own. Yeah. But it was like, we were worried about what if this one bookmaker drops out mm. and bookmakers that were doing it similarly didn't have the same odds. And the next year, there was like five bookmakers with the yeah, same so odds. Is like, this oh, all Australian good. companies that you're talking about in terms uh, of... Um, well, or you talking no, about like they're, they're all, well, they're all Australian bookmakers, yeah. but they're not Australian owned. Oh, but like they're accessible in Australia. Yeah. 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 yeah that's yeah, the, the cool. big, all the big ones, but they're yeah. also accessible in America yeah, and yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Cool. What do you reckon is the biggest barrier stopping everyday average punters from profiting in the long term? Like, what do you think is the number one thing that's causing them to lose? Oh, I mean, the number one, <laughs> the number one thing I think is not necessarily gambling specific. I think it's being underslept, which almost everyone is, which is bad decision making. Underslept. underslept. Yeah. So that was funny. I saw, yeah. I was, I was like <laughs> underslept, but um, it's amazing. Like, I'll talk about it for like 10 seconds that's and we'll get to gamble. That's and a hot Yeah, <laughs> I know. But it, there's, there's, there's a whole science around... Um, you know, if you use an alarm, you don't complete your sleep. And some people have to have an alarm, right? Yeah. Because you can't get to bed until 10 for whatever reason, yeah, your commitments, and you have to get up at that. But essentially, anytime you use an alarm, you cut your sleep short, which has a huge effect on discipline so and decision-making. I was actually talking to someone. I was at the gym before. I hadn't seen my mate for like three months. And I was talking about how when I do want to get up, because I've been trying to get up earlier, I literally don't wake up. My alarm fucking goes on snooze for three hours. And it's like... I actually had to change the ringtone and, and uh, just, uh, try and wake me up. It still doesn't work. And he's like, yeah, you shouldn't use an alarm. And like, obviously you've heard it before and your body's got your own clock and got its own clock and it should wake up when it's supposed to. Mm. But it's very interesting that you talk about that like an yeah. hour after. I, was I, I, I think it's like, yeah, it definitely makes a difference in the bookmaker's bottom line that yeah. people, like that 90% <laughs> of people like don't sleep enough because it directly affects your discipline, which means like, I'm going to put that extra bit on. It directly Ooh. affects your decision making. So I think that that's the big thing. But um, from a gambling point of view, which is probably what you want to know. Well, firstly, <laughs> we thought you'd, you'd MIA this morning because we, we hadn't heard from you until 8.30 and obviously the podcast at 9.30, we're like, where is this guy? He's definitely not coming. Man, he's I, he's I, fucking I, locked in. He's getting 14 hours sleep. Yeah. So getting I, was, I was asleep at like 8. I, I tried to sleep at 8. At, and you wake up what time? Uh, well, I, I have my schedule that starts at five. Okay. And so I normally wake up a little bit before yeah, that. Right. But if I wake up at six, so be it. It means I needed it. Yeah, right? so you're up early. At least he's fresh. Oh, yeah, I'm up early. Yeah, I gotta, yeah I'm, I've been starting to try and, I mean, I've always tried to, but Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, I'll get up super early. Um, but apart from those days, I'm normally sleep until yeah. nine, ten, which is shit. You end up being less productive, but yeah, go back to your gambling. What about in a ga yeah, gambling yeah, sense? gambling sense, which is yeah. what we want to know. Um. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely not thinking long term. I think it's thinking short term, thinking this weekend, thinking this bet. Yeah. I think if people can get out of that and start to think about, all right, I want to have a goal for my betting for this year. And it doesn't have to be to make 10000 and just be like, you know, I want to have a goal to make a profit this year. How does that look? Does that look, you know, gambling every weekend and then hitting a huge bet on New Year's Eve? Or does that look, all right, I need to learn how to deal with my money and so I think having a long-term vision, a long-term goal, even if it's just one year, I want to have this much in my betting account or I want to be at a profit. If you have that goal, you start to solve the problems. So I think definitely long-term focused, definitely have a bankroll. And even if you might only have a hundred bucks this week and you want to, you know, you want to start with a thousand, put a hundred in this week, start staking it properly, like 1%, yeah. you might feel like a dick betting a dollar, but if you win, you'll be at 300 and you'll be at $3. But the next week, you'll put your 100 in again. Once it gets to 1,000, either from you or betting, boom, no more deposits. And now you're betting, you got got 1,000. So there's lots of ways to get around it. I think having a bankroll, 
is definitely the number one and then just like sticking to it. Um, absolutely sticking to it. You know, if you've got your money in and you're using one bookmaker, then you can put your deposit limit in. Obviously, mm. it's a bit tricky if you're using different ones. You need to move the money. Yeah. I think bankroll and a real set discipline um, and I would call it multifaceted discipline. So staking discipline, but also bet selection. Yeah. So I've got like years of my betting and um, one way I kept improving my profit was just like, okay, here's my 4,000 bets of last year. Let's go and have a look. Oh, the EPL system's not doing that good anymore. Let's drop that. Oh, this tipper that we followed, it's not really worth the time and effort. Let's drop that. And so just by eliminating um, bets, I think you profit as well. So yeah, so roll. that concept I learned heavily. And I know you've got a question for me regarding book or shit that I've yeah. learned or most uh, influential thing. A forex trader called um, No Nonsense Forex on YouTube always used to speak about when you lose less, you actually make more. And a lot of people only think of making money as winning more to make yeah, money. So yeah, I've got to make 10 grand on this bet or I've got to make six grand following this system. But like you said, if you delete your EPL system, which is losing you 10% or 20% every year, suddenly you've made 10 or 20% more every year and your profit's higher by 10 or 20%. So you, have a, you haven't made more money, but you have, if that makes sense. So yeah, reducing your losses is a massive part of why, like I spoke to a, a Platinum Squad member the other week on Instagram and he hadn't followed a single method yet and he's been here for three months, but he stopped doing multis. So he's made money. People out there will say, no, he hasn't. Well, he has because he's stopped mm. losing. So it's the same principle. And that's why both, not to pump our own service, but the mindset change is is 100% so much more influential and powerful than learning how to follow a system yeah. or to make money following the system because everything else follows exactly and we were talking about i've always said money management is the number one it obviously is but it is more like it's very easy to say it's number one because it's not everyone can follow a system right or a, a structure with money management it's the emotion and the discipline and the psychology which then affects the money management which i think now is is the number one that's definitely number um, one. Yeah. and as you said multifaceted discipline for sure is is definitely um something you need to do and i'd even go further so you've gone staking selection um i'd even go like systematic discipline as well so it's like looking bigger picture so okay you're staking correctly but you've lost four units on wednesday um what you shouldn't be worried it's four units so yes it is back to staking but it's also back to your own emotion like ask yourself why are you actually annoyed that you've lost four units um, yeah well even before that just ask yourself as you guys have touched on why you like why why are you betting like what yeah. why are you placing this bet why are you depositing this money like it's tuesday you're sitting at your office at work you're not with anybody there's nothing fun about it like what is the purpose of you putting money in this account or what is the purpose of you betting on this greyhound or what is the purpose of you betting on this harness harness race like if you just like sat there and actually every single time you went to place a bet like what am i doing this for and if it wins what am i then going to do and if it loses will i care mm. i have no doubt people would as you said lose less and for so many punters just losing less is going to be an enormous victory and if they can get on top of what they're losing and understand that if they keep betting like this, they're going to keep losing. And even if they can half that, that's a huge win. There's so much money in your pocket that you can do with so many other things as opposed to just blindly gambling for the sake of gambling because you're bored or you're at work or you don't like what you're doing today or it's a public holiday today. I have no doubt there are going to be so many people that just end up punting on whatever's on the TV. And it's if you just think about why are you doing this? What is the purpose of this bet? 
I have no, like, do you want to work an extra 10 hours this week for free? Like, do you want to do that? Probably not. So why, why are you punting that money? And I reckon if people just actually took some time to think about why they're gambling or what they're doing it for, where's the end result? Like you said, what's the goal at the end of the year? If you're betting and you're, you're, you've accepted that you're going to be betting this year, what is the goal at the end of the year? Is it to, if it's to make money, you can't just go, oh, I'm going to gamble on this random race at Packingham today because I want to make money. It's like, no, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. It's like, why are you going to the gym? You can't just say, I want to have a six pack at the end of the year. I want to be able to bench yeah. press 200 kilos at the end of the year. Do one massive gym session for six <laughs> yeah, hours. Yeah, so correct. Like that <laughs> doesn't, doesn't work like that. You need to have a plan and a goal. And like you said, so as a punter, if you don't give a, you genuinely don't give a fuck and you're not worried about what you're losing, you don't think about it twice, you sleep, you don't get stressed, perfect. You're in, you're in a minority. You're in probably a smaller minority than the people that are actually making money. But if you're watching this and you're losing money or you've been losing money on the punt and you're like, fuck, I do get stressed about it. These some of the things these guys are saying is legit. Just think about, like in a year's time, if you're losing a hundred bucks, you're gonna lose five grand for the year. If you're happy with that, that's fine. But if you can go from losing five grand for the year to losing twenty five hundred dollars for the year, that's twenty seven hundred bucks in your pocket. You can do whatever you want with it. And even if you can get that loss to zero, five grand, you've made five grand. You have actually made that money because you're gonna lose it. And yeah, I really like that you said you said have a plan. Where are you gonna be in twelve months time? Where are you gonna be yeah. in twenty four months time? Because nobody thinks like that. It's where you put the magnifying glass. Yeah. When they when they make that quick deposit on Sportsbet because their mate likes something or they've seen something on a Facebook group, they're not thinking about where they're going to be no. in a year. And if they do that three times a week for the whole year, you just lose so much money yeah. for no reason. And you got to track it. I mean, I, think I was using a spreadsheet that I like awesomely built for ages and had all kind of things. You guys have a sheet. There's an app yeah. now that I use, which is like on web and on, on phone, which is awesome. But even just like tracking every bet is yeah. probably the other thing. And... I know one of the guys in, in our crew, we did this. Um, he tracked every single bet and then he went back and he was like, oh, it's not as bad as I thought. And then he realized, actually, the fact that he knew he had to write down Correct. this bet, he was it. like, nah, I'm not going to... Because he knows how he'll feel when he look at it. He'll feel like an absolute dick. So it's like, he yeah. just literally, he's like, nah. And because we were kind of sharing our access, so I would get a notification if he bet, so I would know to go and bet, like in uh, Google oh, Sheets. Yeah, accountability that's a, that's between so good. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. And it was, it was classic. And it was like, all our results just started to go up just because like there was no dumb bets. And yeah. that was another kind of big discipline thing. It's yeah. like, you'll so be you, embarrassed if you, like you're betting Hungarian. If you got a gym partner or, yeah, table yeah, tennis. If you are, <laughs> but if you are embarrassed, like surely that's a sign. Like yeah. would you, if you wouldn't show your missus or your best mate or your parents your betting statement, yeah. then, then dude, you like, you're not doing that for fun. Yeah. That's fucked. Like you, you actually have identified that it's not a good thing, but yeah. you keep doing it. So yeah, there's, I like that one. One thing, um, old mate Jackson, my best mate told me, um, early coffee on, chief. yeah, coffee chief, um, in the first module of module one of platinum squad, I talk about mindset, right. And talking about making decisions. It may even be in the free course with your, feeling brain or your thinking brain. Now, I'm not aware if this is a scientific thing or not, um, but a decision like opening up your phone because your mate told you to get on the first goal scorer because they had a fucking dream that Buddy Franklin kicked it this weekend on the granny. That's your feeling brain and you going and fucking opening up your app to quickly place the bet two minutes before the jump, that's all feeling brain. But if you actually think about it, like Tom said, and why are you doing this bet? What's the outcome? Can you afford to lose it? Will I be embarrassed to show my mate? Whatever. That's your thinking brain. And the more decisions you make with your thinking brain, the better it is as opposed to feeling brain. And this is not a, like just with betting. Think about anything you do. If the action is fueled by emotion and your decision is fueled by emotion, it's going to be a bad decision. So if you hit someone up the ass and then go and belt them with a baseball bat at the fucking, at the, start, at the, at the, at the traffic lights, 
what's the outcome going to be? Whereas yeah. if you think about, okay, well, I've just hit someone up the arse, I was on my phone, maybe I'll just leave it there, I'll accept defeat and move on. Yeah, as opposed to going, or like if I'm going to hit him with the baseball bat, what's going <laughs> to happen, what's gonna happen after? Like, Correct. So like everything comes back to that, not just with betting, um, investing in anything, in any sense, like, oh yeah, Sheba, it's yeah. going to go to the moon. Like, why? Yeah, 100%. It's, um, I, I always get the, the, the actual spots of the brain mixed up, like prefrontal cortex and amygdala. But the part of the brain that actually controls decision-making is the same part that like regulates emotion. Yeah. So like decisions, that's why when you, if you want to sell something, you tap into emotion and then like the logic kind of justifies it. And so um, I guess that's why, you know, we get more hits through putting up bet slips than we do of like putting up year-long results. It's because yeah. the emotion is to make the decision to go to, to view that page. But yeah, the more you can stay calm and do it, but that it ties into sleep, funnily enough. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the less slept you are, then the, the more chance you're likely to uh, yeah. be more emotionally controlled. The next thing I want to ask you about, we're almost probably done. How long have you been going for? An hour or so? Yeah, about an hour. Um, you've been living in uh, Colombia for how long? Uh, I did... I was, did almost a year over there. Well, I, know, yeah. I did 13 months, roughly. Yeah, so how did you find that? Like, this is off-betting topic, but, like, you learned Spanish? Yeah, I knew a little bit before I went, but yeah. I, like, going there was, like, within three months was much easier to speak yeah, Spanish nice. than, like, doing Duolingo. Um, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I had a te- I actually got a teacher. I got a teacher, yeah, online right. teacher, which was awesome, but, yeah. yeah cool. What it, how did you find, like, the experience? Were you able to still access sites over there and, and live and do what it, you need to do as normal? Yeah, and I, I was betting less and less. So with the Black Swan bets, I was focusing more on the administration and I, w- I could still access sites and kind of find bets. Um, but I was betting less and less. Um, but you can access stuff. You can't access everything. Yeah. So if you wanted to be a professional punter and live there and be focused on punting every day, it's like a bit different. I was focused more on like building a punting service. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's an awesome place. And it's like people go to Asia because it's lower um, cost of living. Being able to go there and focus on like building something up and just like really getting deep into our data analysis, cleaning our system up. It's like you don't necessarily have to have a job in Australia or it's not going to cost you 5K a month to live here. You can do it for 2K a month, which means you've got longer. You've got more free time as well. You're not, you know, so uh, it's awesome. Uh, I would recommend if anyone can save enough money to live overseas for a year or two and they've got a project they want to work on, like it's definitely awesome. But living over there, it's it's fun it's different and you don't realize i guess how different it is until you come back yeah so it's like it's not the safest place but it's like there's probably nothing bad is going to happen to you but like when i came back i was like oh i don't know why i feel so relaxed i'm like walking around at night you know like in in like melbourne i'm like oh it's so nice i didn't realize like how like alert i was but i would highly recommend where did you stay in uh, medellin for most of it which is yeah, it's famous from Narcos. So yeah, yeah. I, like, I lived in the suburb next to where he was from. But um, but he's from a nice suburb, so it wasn't too bad. Um, no, it, it's definitely recommended. I is think. it like the um, Narcos show, like the the town and that, or does it is it dramatized a bit? Oh, well, that's definitely dramatized. Shout out to no, the that was it. fucking forty years ago. Yeah. Well, yeah, true. But Medi, still, like, like I've been to Medi, Medi, but yeah. it, I, like I was I was shocked at how industrial it is and how like quite new. Like if you're in the nice parts of town, it's obviously not if you're going on like the cart or whatever and you're going over the slums. The slums are still there. Yeah. But, or the favelas or whatever they call them. But the the actual town, I thought it was like really quite clean and nice and modern and it's a yeah. business hub. It's super developed. It's a business hub. Like it's absolute like capitalist central. Yeah, like I, couldn't, votes, I couldn't believe it. It votes like 80% right wing in yeah. that place and it's full on capitalism, full on business, full on development. It's, um, yeah, it's pretty epic. It's not literally like Narcos. I like uh, you see a bit of it, 
you know, and it's like, um, and I, I actually, <laughs> I met a, I met a guy who was literally in the search block and I was like, he's like, I'm the next cop. And I'm like, oh, this guy's, you know, bullshitting me. And then he's like, oh, I didn't say that, you know, but I'm thinking, oh, this guy's bullshitting, trying to talk it up to the foreigners, you know? And then he's like, yeah. And he started showing me his like bullet holes. I was like, all right, maybe, maybe <laughs> I was like, you know, bullet, I was like, okay, maybe he really was in the search block, you know? I was like, you know, it was pretty cool. But, um, um, yeah, you, you can kind of see like a lot of the impact as well. It's really weird. So yeah, like, definitely. as you like on the train line, you go past all these like football stadiums. And one time I was with a local, he's like, oh yeah, Pablo built that one. Pablo built that <laughs> one. Government did that one. Pablo did that one. Pablo did that one. Government did that one. Well, that's why yeah. it's so funny because it's like still 50, 50, like half of the population hate him and think it's like the worst thing to ever happen to Colombia. And then there's the other half of, you know, the poorer people, like he did so much for us. He built all this, like, he was really like he helped my parents or like the, I live in a house that he built or yeah as you said I play soccer at the stadium he built, he built so yeah it's so funny because he did so much good but he did so much bad as well yeah I mean and it, it was interesting because like when you're in the taxis you know 95% of the taxis have like a, a Jesus monument or a Virgin Mary and like 5% have like Pablo maybe those stats are not wrong but like I saw multiple taxis with yeah. like a Pablo instead of Jesus thing and I was like oh that's like something you don't see every day but the you don't really feel like it's a, a drug dealing place. Yeah. It's still like you read the, whatever you want to report. It's still like the state is like the second or third highest producer in the world, but it's, um, it's either like very low key and people don't really like talk about it much, you know, like it's not like a crazy off topic thing, but it's also like they say there was like one and a half million people there and they reckon like 750,000 worked. That was like paid. Either it was a legit mm. business. They thought like was like through cartel. So like someone knows someone, yeah, if you ever had like a 60-year-old taxi driver, you're like, man, he must have lived through some shit. And there's crazy thunder there. And it's oh. like, and so, but sometimes it sounds like it could be a bomb next door. So I couldn't imagine what it was like. Is that because it's like a valley? Yeah. And like, I couldn't imagine what it would have been like if you were living there yeah, gunshots during the bombings yeah, yeah, yeah. when there's like, but it also just could be thunder, Yeah, you know? Because <laughs> I'm like, the thunder is like crazy loud. So I was like, yeah, but it's. I would definitely recommend it. We're talking obviously about the exciting narcos and shootings and stuff, but yeah. that's really not the experience. Um, if you're pretty self-aware, don't do anything stupid. Like don't go into the, like the like favelas, don't go into them. Like unless you're like with a local or a tour group or something, just don't go into them. Yeah. Don't, don't go in there at night. Like nothing bad is probably going to happen to mm -hmm. you. So it's, Did uh, you go anywhere else in South America? Went to Panama yeah. City. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, like I think go to Panama City for two days if you have to. Yeah. Check out the canal. It's pretty imp impressive. But other than that, cool. I think Colombia is the spot. And what's on? I know we're about to wrap up, but what's on the what's on the cards for the for the future for for DannyBets.com and what's the plan <laughs> going forward? Well, it's definitely be tipping again this year, but um, like it takes me about four hours to do my research of my bets. You know, if I do like six day bets a day, and I kind of realized uh, the more I learned about like doing coding and technology, I can essentially order. So um, that's the big thing is having an, uh, an actual like app slash website that instead of searching in eight different places to put my bets together, I can just put it all in one and then look there. Yeah. And then I figured if, if that's good for me, it's probably good for lots of other bettors and tippers. So the analysis well. takes you four hours or the finding the odds and then sending it out. Like what, how much would the automation save? Like, is it the analysis oh, part or the odds? 30, let's say I spend 20 to 25 minutes. If I do a bet in th like thoroughly do a bet. Yeah. Um, probably 25 minutes and it'd probably be like down to 30 seconds. Yeah. Okay. But then, um, yeah, so it's pretty quick and just, it's like, there's some really cool stat sites out there. Like I would recommend using like Stathead. It's like a, like, it's like the biggest one, 
but it's still not made for gamblers. And so it's essentially just using all the data that's available, mm. but then just uh, an interface that's for gamblers. Like it's for me yeah. as a gambler who seriously researches and what do I need? And then actually turning that into a, a business as opposed to yeah. just a tool for me and yeah, cool. And the automation. So that's the, uh, that's the thing that I really care about now. And this just MBA? Well, it will start with MBA because it's again, I can design it to solve my own problem. Yeah. But then obviously like there's not necessarily enough me's out there. So start with MBA and then once we've got it running, keep adding and adding and hopefully that becomes something that I guess tippers and serious bettors can use. And yeah, that that's it. So guilty. Guilty search tool. That's going to be the thing. And they find you at dannybets.com.au? Yeah, dannybets.com. Yeah, that's Is that the best place? Like, no Instagram or... Uh, no, just... Uh, yeah. Where do you want to be contacted? At dannybetsmba. Yeah, we'll, but, uh, we'll tag it in the description. Yeah. Dannybets.com and there's all the different socials and everything on there, but that's Perfect. the best way to connect. Any questions for us before we go? Are you good? Oh, yeah, well, I, I did want to know. There's one I've been asking a few people lately as I've been... It's cool being in Australia, meeting people that I've maybe met through gambling, which is exactly like you guys. I wanted to know if you had like a book recommendation that you think would really help either a punter to just get on that right path or even just something that kind of really changed. Um, I'm a big reader, so I ask everyone this. And Yeah. For gamblers or for just in general? Well, if you've got like... Yeah, gambling one is awesome, but if you've got like something that was just that good that you think everyone should read it, I'd me and Tom will make a book eventually, but we haven't got one yet. <laughs> in terms of four gamblers, I'm not sure if there's one I could recommend. I mean, like, I don't read. I've got ADD, and I just can't sit and read. Yeah. So I'll watch videos and listen to audio books. So that's the same thing. Oh really. yeah, I listen to them. Yeah, yeah, so I've only listened to probably read one book in the last fifteen years. And listen to one audio book. Um, the <laughs> yeah. two books are Discipline Equals Freedom by Jocko Willink. I think oh, it's very okay. general about psychology. And then the other one's just Rich Dad Poor Dad by um, yeah, Kaya Sarti. That's probably the only book that I've read in um, well. Obviously, there's a lot of outdated information in it, but the principles of that book um, helped me to... I guess I was doing a lot of things already uh, regarding like renting instead of buying. Obviously, do your own research. The, the key thing is um, going away from the book. Anyone who's doing any investing should know what they're doing before they do it. And that's the main problem. Maybe they're not sleeping enough. <laughs> but in, in general, like it all comes back to the same thing. Making a decision with your thinking brain versus your feeling brain. And making that decision with the thinking brain requires you to research. Why are you doing it? how it's going to affect you, what happens if it doesn't work. So if you're doing those things with any decision, including gambling, then you're going to be better off. How early did you read Rich Dad Poor Dad, each of you? I, I listened to that before creating The Hustler Squad. I think like... So quite recently, like yeah, like, a couple years. Um, I'd say March 2020. What about you? Not until I think like the start-ish of COVID, the first lockdown, oh, yeah, that, JP, oh, JP really? recommended it to me. That was the same time. I think it was, he was like two weeks later. So March 2020. I read that like um, really early. Like my dad had it, and so I read it. I, I don't know exactly when I read it. I feel like it was like around two thousand, you know, like age like thirteen or whatever. But I'm, I'm not sure exactly. But I thought that was like a book that kind of showed me like you don't have to earn money in the way in a certain yeah, way, correct. which probably led to starting gambling in the exactly. first place. And um, yeah. I mean, we've always had the myself personally. I was always ultra. Uh, alternative in terms of income like i sold fucking soft drink cans at, at high school um and then like worked part-time here and there um and then obviously lived off betting for seven years but after a while got sick of just making my own money and now want to share that um, i think tom's pretty much the same you similar pathway did work more in finance and stuff like that heavily but um 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is cool because essentially, like, you'll only make money if you help other people make money. And also for tippers, like, I'm sure a lot of people got into tipping, like, really seriously for the same reason, like, um, we did is like we were just getting banned and restricted and actually watching your guys stuff is like helped that like not getting banned and restricted as much yeah but it's like we're not going to be able to keep making money forever like this but if we could you know about 100 people followed and so it's like a it's a natural way for like sports betters to kind of go through for for myself personally there there would be if there was a hundred percent like it would be zero percent that reason because Mm. i just got sick of making money myself and i know that people don't understand that a lot of the time we cop hate for saying that or why would you stop making 100k it's not making money yourself but it's just like it's just mindless money correct mindless money and it's like I'm sitting on that laptop for 5 hours and I'm making money for myself and that is my sole income Mm -hmm. no one else benefits from it and yes all of our followers are now doing that too but some aren't living off it most aren't living off it but now I am making a living off those people making money and then changing their lives so i'm probably making the same if not more now and everyone else is too yeah and i was going to say if like people that are doing it now that are learning or following the system it's not mindless money for them because first of all they'd never thought exactly. this was possible and second of all if they are still doing it in seven years time like how long you did it then they'll probably, probably feel the same way as you yeah. but like until they get to that point this is i don't i don't like to say life-changing but for some people it is but the money isn't life-changing. It's more the fact that they stop gambling or they understand that you can make money. And then, for example, match betters. Match betting, you can do with yep. it whatever you want. Once you have the skills and knowledge, if you know how to do it properly, you can go and make two, three, four grand a week if you want. Or you can still work if you like the job that you work or you want to build your way through the finance career and you're happy to do two or three hours on a Saturday and make another two, three hundred yeah. bucks. Mm. Great. That's like That's why it's so nice. And the fact that people can listen to you or watch your content or follow your service and get something out of it. Like that's elite. We get a few messages every week. They're like, you know, thank you so much. Or I haven't been following in a while, but the things that you've taught me, you know, I've stopped gambling. I've stopped doing multis. Like that's elite. Like that's Mm. what we want to be doing. Like some people want to work for a big company and make their way through the, you know, work their way up the corporate ladder or they're just happy, you know, working for someone else because they don't have to take their work home and stuff. And that's so fine. But we're really happy with, trying to help other people make money and like you said we're only going to make money if they're making yeah it's cool it's perfectly like and it's one thing as well like if you're tipping and you're a good tipper and you really care about like like we want people to cancel their trial if it's not going to work for them of course so it's like i'll only ever make money if you're happy with this and we're successful and then i'm also not going to send you any like half-baked tips because it's like no, well, it's your reputation. Yeah. Like your face is yeah. on. So that's the thing. Like our face is here. Yeah. We're on a podcast. I'm sending you voice messages. Yeah. They're from me. Like the responsibility is on us to provide a service to you that works for you. So that's the difference between sending out a random bed or putting it on a TikTok page that you know there's no face to it or there's no like we own it. Like we yeah. we're out in public. People can see us. Like mm. we can't just sit there and. We got a refund policy on your first month. If yeah. you make money, yeah. you get refunded. So it's like so like, and I feel like when people start talking to us, like, oh, these guy, these people actually genuinely care about us. And it's like we don't have fifty thousand subscribers. We have four hundred, and yeah. I've spoken to every single subscriber personally, and every single new one I'll speak to personally because we're not going to provide or give you something that's not going to either make you money or something that won't work for yeah. you. And we say it from the start: if it's not going to work for you and it won't work for everyone, then don't subscribe. Don't waste your yeah. money. Don't waste your time. Yeah. Easy. All right, we'll leave it there. We'll probably get you on in the future again, but good luck with everything. Once again, get him at, uh, what is it? What's the website? DannyBets.com. DannyBets.com. Perfect. We'll leave it there. Um, any questions, message him. Once again, our free course and, and anything else will be in the description. So find your way in there. We'll see you next time. Leaders.